welcome to There's Been a Murder by Ashley and Gareth, where we discuss true crimes that have occurred in our home countries, mine being Scotland and Gareth's being Ireland. And just as a warning, there are depictions of extreme violence and sexual violence discussed throughout this episode, so listener discretion is advised. Sorry Gareth, I should have, when I was giving you your disclaimer, mentioned that there's also necrophilia in this episode tonight. Right, right, okay, that's... <laughs> Didn't really want to give you a warning, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I was I just thought I would add that in, so yeah, if um, necrophilia is not your thing, if it's too hot to handle, just turn it off. And if it is your thing, <laughs> seek help. <laughs> so, um... After that, um, delightful bombshell. Mm-hmm. Who are we discussing about today? Zombies? No, today we are talking about the British Jeffrey Dahmer. Right, I see where the the necrophilia yes. is, is coming from then. Yes. Right, British Jeffrey Dahmer. I didn't realise we had a... You'll know who it is once I say their name, but right. this was a nickname that they were gave, given and I think it's very appropriate. Um, but I am going to admit that I've been a bit cheeky with this episode because the murderer, serial killer, is Scottish, mm-hmm. but the crimes don't occur in Scotland. Ooh, but right. technically, he's Scottish. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about You already. do, because I've already asked you about this person, like, could I do them? And I just feel like it's a really interesting one, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people maybe know about them, and but it's still super interesting. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I want to do it, so I'm doing it. It's my podcast at the end of the day. <laughs> sort it. <laughs> so if you don't like the rules, mm-hmm. don't listen. Yeah, I, I think I know who it is. Who is it then? Because I think one of my favourite actors has, has betrayed them. Who is it then? Mm. Dennis Nielsen. Dennis Nielsen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you you watched, um, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will, will have watched Des. The... De- yes, it was on ITV, wasn't it? was it? on ITV yes. or STV for us. Aye. Um, so you'll probably, you might not remember it, because like all of the details, because mm-hmm. to be fair, when I was researching, I was like, oh, I'd remember that bit. Mm-hmm. But then it'd be bits that were like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but still, it's still interesting, and mm-hmm. I'm sure not everyone knows about Dennis Nielsen. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I know the gist of it, but yeah, I'm sure the, the details yeah. have escaped me. He's very, um, gives me chills. He's quite, mm-hmm. um, yeah. He, like, the not, this sounds daft. The story when I was researching it didn't give me the goosebumps. It was the pictures that kept coming up in the articles. Like, oh, he just okay. looks so creepy. Aye. But also, D- D- it's David Tennant, isn't it, that Aye. does Des? Um, uncanny. Oh, really? Uncanny. Like, creepily uncanny. Mm -hmm. So shall we get started? Let's. Okay. So Dennis Nielsen was born on the 23rd of November 1945 in Fraserburgh. Fraserburgh is a town in Aberdeenshire, best known as a fishing town. And like many of the serial killers that we have discussed previously, Nielsen had somewhat of a tragic childhood. His parents, Elizabeth Duffy and Ovi Magnus Mercutium. What? Mercutium, I think. <laughs> right, okay. Who was a Norwegian soldier, uh-huh. had a turbulent marriage. The couple divorced in 1948 and Nielsen and his mother lived with Elizabeth's parents, Andrew and Lily White. Dennis 
had two siblings. Where did they live, sorry? In Fraserburgh. Okay. Okay. So Dennis had two siblings. Mm -hmm. He had a brother, Olaf Jr., and a younger sister, Sylvia. And all three were extremely close to their grandparents. They were sort of, um, they helped out a lot with Mm -hmm. caring for the three children. Nielsen was particularly devastated when his beloved grandfather passed away. Andrew was a fisherman, and after a decline in his health, he had a fatal heart attack whilst fishing in the North Sea. He died at the age of 61 on the 31st of October 1952. Nielsen was only five at the time, and it was the first time that he would see a dead body in an open casket. Seeing his grandfather laying there, Dennis questioned life and death, and he pondered why his grandfather hadn't taken him to this better place so many people had talked about. I suppose, yeah, like it, it, it's confusing for a for a child when mm-hmm. you know, you know, like an an adult tries to you know, like explain death to them, but yeah. in in a way that they should understand, mm-hmm. but it. But in doing so, like it makes a child then think on, they, well, yeah, yeah, because they make like heaven sound so yes pure and mm-hmm. amazing and a better place. So I can understand why you'd think, well, why am mm-hmm. I not there? Why have they left me as well? well? Yes, yeah. There was a lot. Um, when I was doing research, there was a lot of kind of debate about um, Dennis Nielsen's mum letting him view his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what religion they followed. Um, yeah, and I, you know. It was back in the day, mm-hmm. but obviously a lot of the time, uh, particularly with uh, Catholicism, the the deceased would go home for the night. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if she chose to do it because it was part of their culture or religion. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if it was her view on death, and yeah. I think that's very like some people would say, no, you shouldn't let a child see them. But then for some people, they might say it can help with closure. So really, it's a yeah. I just feel like. We, can't i don't think his mum was doing it to be spiteful or anything yeah yeah i I don't like you would ever get like a right answer to it no so i don't feel like we're really right to judge no you know from a young age nielsen was aware that he was gay something that he was uncomfortable with he has actually confessed that he was particularly attracted to boys that looked like his younger sister sylvia that's quite strange yep so, so he was attracted to boys, but as, but more so if they looked like his sister. So more like of a feminine, feminine look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. And he also admitted that he molested his younger sister and his brother whilst they slept to determine if he was gay or bisexual. I mean, that's one one way. A very twisted way. Yeah, not the, not the conventional way. No, definitely not. Like... Were the siblings aware of this happening or were like I don't I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So like he he was doing it subtly enough to not wake them. Yeah. Still you know, like It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. You I would think ima- like I'm assuming that maybe they shared a bedroom or something. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But so you but you just wouldn't think you know, you're in a bedroom with your siblings, like anything like that's going to happen to you. Yeah. You should feel safe, you yes, know? Yes, of course. In his later years, Nielsen would go on to write an autobiography with the help of a ghostwriter. 
Since completing the autobiography, the writer has went on to say that when Nielsen would reflect on his childhood, he would mix up truth and lies with one another to make him appear more vulnerable and troubled. So knowing the genuine truth about his childhood is difficult. Oh, uh, right, okay. So, it's very psychopathic, yes. sociopathic type. Yep. And that's why when you said, do your siblings, did they know? We don't actually know if that's the truth. Like, did he do that or did he not do that? Like, yeah. you kind of have to second guess everything that he says about his childhood. Apart from the facts, mm-hmm. like he grew up, yeah, yes, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, Fraser um, Brown, you know, things and like then, that. With him, with him claiming now, I'll say um, mm-hmm. that you know, like they they were asleep when he when he done it. Mm-hmm. They can't even come out and say. So, like I can imagine, you know, like finding out what you know, like in it, like, hearing what he goes on to do. Yes. But then finding out, going like, but by the way, he apparently molested you in your sleep. Yes, I would like to imagine that the the story about molesting his siblings is just a lie yeah. that he's he, but the the ghostwriter did say like as much as he would lie about things he genuinely believed them like he mm-hmm. would make them into his truth but they weren't necessarily their truth yeah you know mm-hmm. in interviews with nielsen he describes his childhood of being a difficult one where he was often forgotten about he pitied himself and placed himself often as a victim of circumstance or can I just say he was the middle child? So this this seems like a common. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> you know, middle children always say they're the forgotten child. Yeah. After a fallout between Nelson and his brother, his brother actually outed Nelson to his mother about being gay. And this made Nelson estranged from his family and he decided to move to London. How old was he at this time? Um. So he was probably mid-twenties at this point. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. But I'm just going to kind of skip back slightly. Right. So, although this was never proven, Nielsen has reported that his grandfather would sexually abuse him. Nielsen joined the army at the age of 16, where he worked as a cook and then a butcher. And in 1972, Nielsen, who had since left the army, pursued a career at and as a police officer so this is when he went to london that he started a career okay. as a police officer okay his newfound career path didn't last long however the job sparked a fascination with dead bodies and autopsies whilst on the beat oh, okay so like would he almost go like looking for like the the murders then to... i don't know I'd, uh, yeah maybe like i think he i think it, it sparked something in him that he was like mm. oh like this yeah regular trips to the morgue and is this me just like having a triangle thing here right okay he's seen his his beloved grandfather deceased who apparently molested him wait when he was five he was a young boy yeah and like you said he was molested Mm -hmm. so is he connecting the deceased and the sexual abuse and then he's seen new bodies and then it's like necrophilia can you see the triangle yeah yeah i can see just a theory yeah but i just wonder you know are they all linked or not so on the evening of 1973 nielsen met a young unemployed david painter the two got chatting and nielsen invited painter back to his flat 
At some point in the night, Painter climbed into Nielsen's bed and fell fast asleep. However, he awoke to find Nielsen standing over him and taking pictures of him. Horrified and shocked, Painter confronted Nielsen and during the dispute, Painter hurt himself, which resulted in him having to go to the hospital. Nielsen was interviewed by the police regarding the incident. This was his first brush with the police. However, he was released without charge. And I wonder if it was like if the police knew him anyway because he had... Because he was a police officer. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if he also, though, because he'd been a police officer for a short time, knew how to answer questions to not Potentially, appear yeah. suspicious. Yeah, yeah. After a stint at being a police officer, Nielsen went on to try his hand at being a recruitment interviewer. At this point in his life, Nielsen moved in with another man, David Glachen. 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 The two moved into flat 195 Melrose Avenue in North London. This arrangement lasted for two years, however ended in 1977. This left Nielsen devastated. However, David Glachen later claimed that there was no sexual relationship between both men. I was going to ask, was this like they were in a relationship together or were they just roommates? We don't know because Nielsen was heartbroken that he left. Mm -hmm. But then David said no, it wasn't anything like that. But is David saying that to, you know, not show face, like, um, what's the word? Convince people? Yeah, like is David like mortified that he was in a relationship with a serial killer that was a necrophiliac and didn't want people knowing that as the yeah, truth? Yeah, uh, well, like, but yeah, but like also at the time, you know, um, being homosexual was still <laughs> was it legal or illegal <clears throat> at that point in the seventies? It's legal, was was it? Was it? I I think being being gay was only made like legal like in the nineties. Did it? So it was like same sex marriage is only like recently legal, like in the past decade or so. Nineteen sixty seven. So gay, gay, being gay was. Oh right, okay. Being gay was legal, but, but, but I think still, it was still, still frowned upon. upon. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So newly single Nielsen actively began to seek out sexual encounters with other men. However, after each of the men would leave Nielsen, he would feel lonelier and lonelier. To cure his loneliness, Nielsen came up with a plan to force his lovers to stay. By murdering them. I was going to say, <laughs> I have a thought of where this is going, but I'm going to let you continue. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> However, Nielsen was conflicted by this plan. He was quoted by saying, The greater the beauty, in my estimation, of the man the greater was the sense of loss and grief. Their dead, naked bodies fascinated me, but I would have done anything to have them back alive. It's creepy. Uh, it's so bad. Like, I don't I don't know what to say to that. He, do you know what? He's the type of man, he wants his cake, but he wants to eat his cake. He wants <laughs> the man, but if the man's not going to stay willingly, he's going to kill the man and keep him. Aye. But he's not happy with that because he still wants the man not, alive. Yeah. On the 30th of December 1978, Nielsen met his first victim, a 14-year-old boy known as Stephen Holmes, who he had met in the Kinklewood Arms pub. Nielsen brought the young boy back to his flat, where he had lured him with the promise of alcohol. So we're adding uh, a pedophilia to it as well. 
Well, I was just about to say, Nielsen didn't know he was 14. Oh, right, okay. Apparently the boy did look older and mm-hmm. Nielsen thought he was 17. Still young, obviously. Yeah, not, yeah. But I don't think he realised that he was so young. Yeah, still technically a child. Yeah, but technically, once you're over 16... Yeah, it's legal. So, but yeah. Like, but, like, it's yeah, very grey. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But, like... Like a dark grey. I don't think it was, like, he was, like, that's a child. That, yes. Like, yeah, type yeah. thing. No, yeah, yeah. You know? And plus, mm-hmm. it was in a pub, remember? So mm-hmm. why was a 14-year-old boy in a pub? That mm-hmm. question, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, right, okay, that. I was about to call him Dammer. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> but Dammer did. I'm sure there was a young boy that Dammer killed, so I can see the link. Yeah. <laughs> carry on now. (laughs) (laughs) After a while of drinking, the young boy fell asleep. However, as morning approached, Nielsen was desperate to avoid the young boy leaving the flat. In order to keep the young boy with him, Nielsen strangled him with a tie before drowning him in a bucket of water. Nielsen then placed the lifeless body in the bath to wash down the corpse before placing him back into his bed. Nielsen recalls the corpse being beautiful. After admiring the young boy's lifeless body, Nielsen unsuccessfully tried to have sex with the corpse. Instead, Nielsen settled for sleeping beside him. Eventually, Nielsen buried the body under his floorboards. There, the body lay for seven months before Nielsen buried the decaying remains in the back garden. Surely there must have been, it must have stagged a high hell. It gets worse. It gets worse than try, trying but not succeeding to, to have sex with a dead body and then deciding, I'm just going to sleep beside you. <laughs> yeah. Even you like cold spooning. Oh, doing. Do you know, I've just, see, it's funny. See, I don't know if you're the same. When I research these, I just, I'm reading it and I'm rewriting it and things like yeah. that. And then it's once we start discussing this that I'm like these theories and, and thoughts pop into my head. Um, rigor mortis would say, and, and obviously when... Oh, you'd have to like snap them. Sorry. But when somebody passes away, not long after they pass away, body fluids release. Yeah, aye. And he's sleeping next to him. Aye. That's... Well, that's why, I assume that's why he, he, he washed it. Yeah, but like, you know, it. I don't know, like... It might have been for a caloric in a while. <laughs> like, there could be a lot coming out. Aye, yeah, yeah. You know, not all at once. Yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> Only now you think it's disgusting? <laughs> it's not had a caloric in six months, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In October 1979, the police came knocking once more after a young student from Hong Kong, Andrew Ho, accused Nielsen of trying to strangle them during a bondage play session. However, once again, Nielsen was released without charge. No one is way around it again, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm just wondering, another wee thought here. We're still in the 70s, okay, being gay is legal, but it's mm-hmm. still, is it approved in society at this point? We don't really know. Yeah. Did the police officers maybe feel a bit uncomfortable? It's a bondage... It, it was a bondage mm-hmm. sex act between two men. Did yeah. they maybe just think, I just want to get a quick story out of him. Did he do it? Did he not? And off, off we go. Maybe Ten. not. Maybe right. they were totally, you know, open. But like, just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. On the 3rd of December, 1979, 
As usual, Nielsen was drinking in a pub. This time he stumbled across... Stumbled. <laughs> this time he stumbled across Canadian tourist Kenneth O'Kendon. O'Kendon? I don't know. We'll go with that. Kenneth had been spending the day sightseeing and drinking. After the two met, they ended back. They ended up back at Nielsen's flat. Similar to his fir- ugh, similar to his first victim, Nielsen didn't want to be abandoned by Kenneth. So he strangled him with an elastic cable. So he strangled him with an electric table. <laughs> what is wrong with me? You're doing so well. <laughs> so he strangled him with an electric cable. Okay. Before sleeping beside his lifeless body. Before placing the body beneath the floorboards, Nielsen took photos and had sex with Kenneth's lifeless body. Nielsen has since confessed that he would often remove the decomposing body from the floorboards and engage in conversation no. as though Kenneth was still alive. God. What? He'd he, sit him in his armchair in I, the living room. I was just about him. to say, what, well, he, he, he sits him in the chair? Yeah, he does. Like, pr- probably like missing an eye or an eye hanging a jaw, like Maggots. loose eye, the smell, and he just sits and has, has a chat with it? Yeah. What? Mental. I'm probably probably like as he's then, as he's pulling it out, he's probably pulling limbs off. But why didn't he want to get Stephen out for a chat? <laughs> Stephen went in first. Because Stephen's a puddle right now. <laughs> <laughs> Five months later, on the evening of the thirteenth of May, nineteen eighty, Nielsen brought Martin Duffy back to his flat. Duffy was 16 at the time and was homeless. As we are aware by now, Nielsen had a pattern. This time he drowned the young boy though before placing him into his bed where he masturbated over his lifeless body. (sighs) Before placing the corpse in the floorboards, he kept the body in his wardrobe for two weeks. Why in the wardrobe? Was there no space? We're probably getting to that point. He's only in a flat. Yeah, like, I was going to ask, like, what what floor is he on the ground floor or first floor? I think he's top floor. Like, surely, like, there's stuff, like, seeping through yeah. in, into the flat below and they can smell something. Unless it's, I don't know, like, maybe it's a really, like, Victorian style and there's, I don't know. Like, fake ceilings, but, like, I, I, yeah. it's, like I would still feel like... I don't know. I don't actually know. I'm assuming he's top floor. He might not be. Could mm-hmm. maybe be ground. But yeah, it was. And I'm also wondering. It's like, his flat must stink. Mm-hmm. Why are people going into his flat? Well, look. He's you know. There's a tourist. There's a young boy. There's a homeless young boy. The there there was a student from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern even with his victims. He's not going for people that. Like would be missed in the UK, for instance, yes, the yeah. students Aye. or the homeless boys. Like mm-hmm. people might not be looking for them. Yeah. So maybe they are not the students, but maybe the homeless boys. Maybe there's a desperation there. It's mm-hmm. the thought of a warm bed. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, but but yeah, the rest and like the students and the tourists. Trust. Maybe they yeah. just thought of this. He, he seems like a nice guy. I'll trust him. 
and then I walk into a flat that smells of death. But you know what it's like? Some people are polite. I'm like that. I'd go in and be like, oh, your flat's lovely. <laughs> I was about to say, where are you that's going with this? That's some potpourri from Aldi. That's lovely, that smell. <laughs> you know, I would do that. I would compliment it even if it was a shit tap. But like, draw the line, like taking a tea from anybody. I have a rule about that. But like, yeah, I would still go in and be like, oh, it's lovely. Is that a new Febreze you've got? <laughs> I would, and you know I would. So I'm not the only person that would be like that. These boys have probably been brought up with well-mannered boy parents and thought, I need to stay. Can you just imagine you you going in and be like, oh, is that the, is that the you know, the, the graveyard special for Breeze? Kenneth would be sitting out and I'd be like, who's your pal? Nice to meet you. <laughs> Go to shake his hand and you shake comes his hand off. off. With me. <laughs> you're like, oh. Sorry about that, Kenneth. <laughs> didn't didn't mean that. Where's my manners? <laughs> I still can't get over him sitting, Kenneth, like in the chair and having a chat it's with mental. him. And for some reason, I keep imagining him. He's got like put a pipe in his mouth for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> put a cup in his hand. <laughs> Kenneth's a bit shy. <laughs> don't mind him. <laughs> Are we going to have to cut... a listener, Kenneth. Are we going to have to cut this out? <laughs> I don't really want to. <laughs> oh. The next victim of Nielsen's was a 27-year-old Billy Sutherland who worked within the sex industry. Nielsen struck a similar pattern with Billy and strangled him after a night together. Following this murder, Nielsen met 24-year-old Malcolm Barlow who was also strangled at the hands of Nielsen. Hold on a sec. Mm. Where did Billy go? Like, was he in the wardrobe for two weeks or? No, Billy went on the floor. Right, okay. So, he's now met Malcolm uh-huh. Barlow. Okay. Malcolm was an orphan who had learning disabilities. Oh. There was no room for Malcolm under the floorboards, so Nielsen was forced to place his body in the cupboard under the kitchen sink. I imagine not a big, a big space. I mean, our kid, you wouldn't get a body in our under our cupboard, but then again, tenements, if he's in an old Victorian house, maybe. Potentially, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but like... But yeah, poor Malcolm ended up in the kitchen sink. And is is the other guy still in the wardrobe or has he been No, moved? no, he got moved. He was only in the wardrobe for two weeks. Okay. And then he got moved to the floor. And then he got moved. So we've got about four four or five bodies under the on, under on the, the floor. floor. And one on under the kitchen sink. Yeah. Yep. I feel like there's like a, a Christmas carol coming here. <laughs> what part is in a pair As you can imagine, Nielsen's flat smelled awful. Finally. <laughs> With all the decomposition occurring. And this forced Nielsen to try and disguise the smell and the unwanted maggots and flies. So he would like spray his flat full of like fly killer and then like tons of air freshener two times a day. That was his like routine. Nothing is covering up that smell. No, I know. Even removing the bodies ain't covering up that smell. Neighbours would complain about the smell. However, Nielsen would tell them it was a structural issue with the building. So I think he was sort of saying like the toilet pipe or something was wacky. I like just turn around and be like, big eye. It must have been when they built it, the, the body in the 
in the wall cavity. I mean, it's difficult because, like, his neighbours probably were thinking something smells horrendous. Mm-hmm. But, like, would we actually know what the smell of decomposition is? No. Mm. You well, know it wouldn't smell nice yeah, or right. Yeah. But you wouldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't go, oh, what's that smell? That decomposition. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You wouldn't have a clue. Which makes me think as well, like, he probably he probably isn't on the ground floor because people would have to let him walk past his flat mm-hmm. and realise going, like, it's really strong there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if he is on the top floor, potentially, yeah. then if, if he's the only flat up there, then, like, yeah, maybe his neighbours would, would be like, oh, you know, I could wouldn't be able to find the source if you've got several neighbor neighbors you're probably all a bit like cluedo thinking like oh it must be them oh no it's yeah, yeah you know everyone will have their own opinion on it and mm-hmm. yeah like i say they probably they just know it's a bad smell they don't know what it is yeah. nielsen decided that he had to get rid of all the decomposing bodies once and for all he dismembered the bodies on the stone kitchen floor he would use a large kitchen knife to dismember the bodies boil the skulls to remove the flesh and place organs in plastic bags. He would complete this ritual naked. The victim's limbs were buried in Nielsen's garden and in his shed and their torsos were stuffed into suitcases before being burned in a bonfire in the garden. Yet these bonfires never aroused any suspicion with neighbours. Aye, I was going to say, it's like, and he had several. It wasn't just like one. And they would, some of them would like burn all day. Yeah. Like, are the neighbours just looking out the window and be like, oh, there's Dennis just with his, with his fires again? So Dennis was quite like, see, when he was working as a recruitment mm-hmm. interviewer, yeah. he really kept himself to himself mm-hmm. from his colleagues. And I imagine it was the same with the neighbours. Yeah. So he probably was quite aloof. So see, when he was doing that, I wonder if they were just like, he's a weirdo, but like, no harm, no foul type thing. Yeah. Like, just leave him to do him. I mean, I would find it weird, and I'd find it awful annoying if somebody was burning bonfires for days. But yeah, like, and surely, like, there's still, like, a smell coming out. You, you would like, think. L- l- like a cooked smell then. Yeah. You uh, would think. That, that you'd be like, that, like, you'd be like, right, okay, there's a really bad smell in the building. He's out there burning stuff that... Is, I mean, know, nobody would be getting their washings out for days. I'd be raging. Oh, yeah. I know you would. <laughs> Even if you knew that's what he was he was doing, he was burning bodies, you would still be like, I can't hang out my washing. I'd be thrown him in it. I'd be absolutely livid. But yeah, yeah, I, got, it's like, I, I know I'm speaking from, from hindsight, but mm-hmm. surely like... I get it. But then remember Peter Tobin when he dug the massive hole? And said it was a sand pit, and then the next day he said the social work had said he couldn't have the sand pit. Oh yeah. <laughs> and nobody questioned that. Yeah. People don't. People we we don't quit, especially when people are a bit more aloof or mm-hmm. keep themselves to themselves. You don't always like to rock the boat because you don't under, you don't always know how they're going to take that. Yeah. You know, so we all kind of mind our own business in that respect. Mm-hmm. So people just probably thought it was a bit strange, but that was Dennis. Yeah. You know. Nielsen would then crush any fragments of bones left from the fire. It is reported that by 1981, Nielsen had murdered at least 12 men. However, only four of the men could be identified. This is likely as Nielsen often targeted vulnerable young men who were likely to be unemployed, homeless and detached from their families. 
Having outgrown his flat at Melrose Avenue, Nielsen moved to 23 Cranley Gardens in 1982. Outgrown or ran out of space? That's the same thing. Okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> <clears throat> this flat had no garden or easy access to removing floorboards. It is unknown if Nielsen moved here to curb his impulses or not. However, Nielsen would go on to kill at least three more men by the, by February 1983. So I do wonder, did he think, I can't bury them. I can't put them under my floorboards, mm. so I can't kill. Yeah. But then temptation got yeah. too He's, much. He still found a way. Could you imagine moving into his first flat after him? I know. The landlord must have been like fuming when he went to like check. Well, apparently, um, so he had outgrown the flat, but his landlord, when he was moving out, was doing a lot. Um, I think he wanted to renovate it and sell it. Mm-hmm. So they didn't think too much. Maybe it was just like get the builders in, rip everything out, get everything new. But once, imagine you bought that place, Aye. like your first home or whatever, and you're like, oh my god, like a few the years later, it comes yeah. out in the news that you've been living in a serial killer's Aye. previous home. You'd want to be out as as quick as you could, but you couldn't because no one else would, would no. take it off you. But then again, sometimes um, with such like historical um, homes where events like this have happened, they knock them down. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Fred and Rosemary West's home, they knocked that down. Aye, because there's some other other people out there who like want to go and yeah like most people it. would stay clear yeah, of that yeah. but you'll always get the few people that will be like oh, oh i yeah. want to know yeah. or you know yeah it's creepy mm-hmm. and it's not exactly most respectful people going back to see where people will be murdered you know yeah. the victims after you moved okay were john howlett william archibald allen another archibald yep and stephen sinclair Nielsen attempted to strangle Howlett. However, he awoke during the attack and nearly overpowered Nielsen. Nielsen then attempted to strangle Howlett three more times before he was rendered unconscious. A panicked Nielsen then placed unconscious Howlett in the bathtub and drowned him. As a way to dispose of the bodies, Nielsen boiled the men's head, feet and hands. He then dissected the bodies into small pieces that were easy to be flushed down the toilet or disposed of in bags. You were flushing them down the toilet? Yeah. You cut them into like tiny wee I was going to say, how, how small? Pretty is it? small. It must be. But remember when he was in the army, he was a... I was about to say, it was like... He was a cook and a butcher. I know, like, he was a butcher for, for a time. Mm-hmm. Still, like... Yeah, and he, he he would boil the the head, hands, and feet. Now, I obviously said that he went on to kill three more men, mm-hmm. but in between the three, so after John Howlett, mm-hmm. there was another attack. So two months later, Nielsen then repeated his pattern with Carol daughter. Nielsen attempted to strangle him as he slept in a sleeping bag. However, Carol awoke. Carol, sorry, Carl. I was wondering there. I, 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 I was like, oh. It's a Scottish thing. We just don't say Carl. We say Carol. Right. No, genuinely, we don't say 
we don't say because we have to put like an American emphasis on it, like Carl. Yeah, it's not natural for us. We say Carol. Yeah, I was wondering. I, I was like, oh, I didn't realize Carol was a, a unisex name. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just Scottish people don't say it. So if I say Carol, I actually mean Carl. Carl. But Carl, Carl. like it's just not normal for us. <laughs> Should be banned in this country, honestly. <laughs> so, as Carl awoke and struggled, Nielsen managed to overpower him and dragged him to the bathtub. Once believing that Carl was dead, Nielsen dragged his lifeless body to his living room and placed him in the armchair. Kenneth's fault. For another chat? Maybe. However, Nielsen's dog bleeped jumped onto the body and started licking Carl's face. This was a giveaway that Carl was still alive as Bleep supposedly avoided corpses. I wonder why. <laughs> Nielsen took a change of direction and resuscitated Carl. When he awoke, Nielsen convinced Carl that he had managed to strangle himself in the cord of his sleeping bag. Carl went in and out of consciousness for two days after the attack and during this time he dreamt of Nielsen strangling and drowning him. Carl questioned Nielsen about these flashbacks but he claimed that Carl was having nightmares when he was caught in his sleeping bag and to help him snap out of the nightmares Nielsen placed him in cold water. Following the attack Carl left Nielsen's once he had recovered. Nielsen invited him to come back over, but Carl politely declined. <laughs> I think, <mean>, yeah. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Like, as a very, like, s- smart response from Nielsen. Yeah. So it is, it, it, I just say, they're going, no, 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 I just tried to wake you up with cold water. I wasn't trying to drown you. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but why did he just say, I mean, it was pretty much like he could have, drowned him or strangled him like after he realised that he was still alive why did he resuscitate him? It's strange He must have got like a, a god complex of, of like I can control your life Or do you think it was he thought I've tried to strangle this man and drown him and he's still alive so it's a sign that he won't leave me Oh I don't know <laughs> I don't know Could be I mean we don't know he's, he's yeah. an absolute Psychopath. Psychopath. How are we supposed to ration with him? Yeah. Nielsen then attacked Graham Archibald Allen as he was eating an omelette in Nielsen's flat. Just let the man eat his omelette. Once merged in Allen, Nielsen then left him in the bathtub for three days. Which is a wee bit out of his pattern because normally he would bathe them and then take them back to his bed. Yeah. Or sit them on the Armchair. armchair. No, but most of the time they do end up in the bed. Oh, yeah. Kenneth was in the bed. Yeah, and then... yeah, yeah. Stephen Sinclair's fatal death was similar to Nielsen's other victims. As he slept in Nielsen's flat, he was filled with drugs and alcohol, and Nielsen strangled him to death. As Nielsen examined Sinclair's lifeless body, he noticed bandages around his wrist. Sinclair had tried to kill himself a few days prior. Nielsen continued his ritual by bathing the corpse and he then placed mirrors around his bed and lay naked beside the body for hours 
before he kissed Sinclair and wished him a good night and then slept beside him for the night. Oh, like, the mirrors is really creepy. Yeah, I like, feel like we're in a horror movie at this yeah, point. Yeah, like I'm, I'm picturing it in my head and it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Is that, well, like he just wanted to be able to like see him and like no matter where he looked type thing? I think so. All the angles. I'm wondering if there was uh, one hanging over uh, the bed. No. <laughs> Nielsen kept himself away from his five neighbours. However, at the end of February in 1983, one of his neighbours called out a drain specialist as they believed there was a drain blockage. <laughs> I wonder what it was. Whilst investigating the drain issue, the technician found human remains in the outdoor manhole. Nielsen were, was present when the remains were found, so he was aware that the police would likely be called. Supposedly, Nielsen was shocked, though, that it was body parts clogging the drain. And to try and appear unsuspecting and misleading, he joked with the specialist that it was probably people flushing down their KFCs down the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Who disposes of the the KFC to be like, right, right, I'm done with it, I don't want it anymore. Okay, but who disposes body parts down the toilet as well? I but... <laughs> no, like if you're trying to get hide it, then yes. Who's trying to hide a KFC in the toilet? Secret ears. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Nielsen attempted to remove the human tissue from the drains. However, he was caught by one of his neighbours. When police confronted Nielsen with the evidence, he appeared shocked. However, he quickly realised that he had been caught. And he showed the police where some of the corpses were. When the police asked Nielsen if there was more bodies, he replied, "It's a long story. I'll tell you at the police station." Fuck's sake! It's like almost like let's get a cup of tea for this. I like <laughs> like he's he's made this in the TV show before it was a TV yeah. show. As the police drove Nielsen to the station, they asked if it was one or two bodies. Nielsen looked out the window and said. More like 15 or 16 since 1978. I like, he's now doing the thing that like we've probably all done as a child, you know, like on a drive and you and you look out the, out the window and it's raining and pretend you're you're in like a music video. The range runs slowly down the window. Yeah, like he's, he's literally making this into a drama himself. He's so dramatic. <laughs> no. <laughs> on the 24th of October 1983, Nielsen was charged with six murders and two charges of attempted murder. Nielsen pled not guilty due to diminished responsibility due to mental defect at the trial. During the trial, the prosecution relied heavily on the interview notes when questioning Nielsen and it took over four hours to read out the interview notes to the jury. Three of Nielsen's victims who managed to escape gave testimony during the trial. Nielsen's defence tried to diminish the men's testimonies by introducing evidence of the men's sexual encounters with Nielsen. However, the men's testimony were so damning that they had serious consequences for the defence's case. Nielsen was jailed for life with a minimum of 25 years to be served. However, in 1994, Nielsen's charge was then changed to a whole life tariff, meaning he would never be released from prison. What changed? The, it was the Home Secretary, Michael Howard, 
um, who decided to give him a whole life order. So he okay. was in, he was, that was his job at that point, I think, like part of his job anyway. Okay, so like, was he maybe like petitioned by like some of the, the, the victim's families? Maybe. maybe yeah. And by then, maybe there was more like DNA would have advanced by then. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was str- like a stronger case to give him yeah. a whole life sentence. Mm-hmm. And on the 12th of May, 2018, Nielsen died in York Hospital when he was 72. He died due to complications after stomach surgery. Nielsen was being held in full Sutton Prison in East Yorkshire at the time of his death. It did seem one article though, for about a year or so before he died, mm-hmm. he basically lived in his own filth, like in his bed, like he was so ill. Yeah. But also like, I think he refused like any kind of personal care or anything yeah. like that. Um. Yeah, and just kind of lay pitying himself. Yeah. Like, part of me wants to know is like, did the sit him in an armchair after he died? <laughs> <laughs> By the sounds of it, his death was pretty brutal, and I wonder if a lot of people feel like he deserved that. Yeah, I didn't talk too much. Obviously, he did do an autobiography, and he did have he built up a bit of a relationship with the ghostwriter and things, mm-hmm. and you, you you can re- people can research that themselves if they like. I didn't want to really talk about that as much because. It's quite frustrating because I met the ghostwriter was like exhausted by him because he'd tell you one thing, mm-hmm. but then you wouldn't know if that was a truth or a lie, and he didn't know if it was a truth or a lie. Like it was just really I, confusing. You like, can you do see it in days days yes, does yes, highlight it yeah, for people, yeah. which is a very good. I think it's actually now on Netflix. Days oh, was it? thing. Oh, if okay. you've not seen it, it's very good. Um. Well, yeah, like it's like. From what I know about a, a biography or, or what, like everything in it has to be factual. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, you know, like even like if there's stuff that you don't want in it, mm-hmm. so it's like the, you know, like if someone else is writing it, they probably put it in. They might yeah. sort of like change like the wording or the context a wee bit, like but soften like, it a wee bit. Yes, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but like it, it still goes in. So I can I can understand the the ghostwriter getting a bit like yeah. exhausted, being like. I can't. I can't write this if it's not true. Yeah. So it was, and you can't. You. It was like even you yourself can't tell me that it if if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. What? Who do you think's worse than Dennis Nielsen or Jeffrey Dahmer? Well, I actually don't know a lot about Jeffrey Dahmer. I know there was a whole craze like last year or something like because that. Because the Netflix, Netflix series. Yes. Yeah. But like I never watched it. So, like, I actually don't know much about it, but, but like, I've watched Dez. I'd and... say, like, they are, there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. Yeah, I can, and, like, even from, like, have, have, having watched Dez, I knew the gist of, like, w- what he'd done. But, yeah, like, the details there, like, I completely had no idea or forgot about the... Um, putting them in, in, in the armchair for a chat. Yeah. I, I knew about the the floorboards mm-hmm. and all, but 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 yeah, and the the sleeping next to them, like completely forgot about that. It's interesting because I actually think they're probably on the same level, like Jeffrey Dahmer and Dennis Nielsen. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that Jeffrey Dahmer's name and his crimes, like the news of all that, travelled over to the UK. He's American. Yeah, but. I don't know if, if in America, if Dennis Nielsen is like a kind of 
known serial killer not probably I mean, not yeah yeah i would assume not but you know mm-hmm. maybe american listeners can can let us know yeah yeah mm-hmm. if you're one of our international listeners maybe you could let us know if you knew about dennis nielsen mm-hmm. because i do feel like he is i feel like i don't know about you but for me like if somebody said like think of a like a serial killer from the uk like i'd go straight to the west to so the yorkshire ripper I wouldn't necessarily Jack think the of, Ripper. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily think of Dennis Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. But I still feel like he's quite known. Yeah. He's a bit like Peter Tobin. I feel like they are like the next level, like you kinda know, like you mm-hmm. know I think anyway, I don't know. Maybe our listeners can let us know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, quite a a grim I grim one. I don't think have we had necrophilia before no, on the podcast? No, 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 no. Maybe our first <laughs> and last. Yes. <laughs> we'll see how the views go. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that was a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would, I would like to say I enjoyed it, but you know, I didn't. I enjoyed you, you telling us it. That's what I enjoyed. I'm glad. Well, <laughs> our listeners can also let us know. Yeah, they can find us on Instagram at There's Been a Murder underscore Podcast. Amazing! Thanks so much, guys. Cheers now. Bye. Bye.